And this is a huge motivation for me to not let people down. Mm -hmm. And the other aspect is that you just can't give up. Some customers are with you because they like you. Not the company, not the services, because maybe all the, many companies can do similar services, but because of you. Because when you go to the customer and you tell them that we are very efficient and effective and technologically advanced, it doesn't sell, to be honest. But what sells is your previous experience, when you can show the customer that, okay, we have done that. Welcome to Inner Power Particles. I'm Parhat, the host of the podcast. We talk with entrepreneurs and leaders about how they have solved the challenges in their life or business and how it has transformed into new inner strength in them. And with this we want to help that you also can look at your life or business situations and see how you can solve the challenges in them and through that transform them also into new inner strengths, inner power particles in you. Enjoy the show. Hi Ren. Hello. Thanks for coming and thank you for finding time for the interview. I want to start with a simple question. Uh, could you share with us what do you do today? Okay, I am in between jobs because um, I am CEO of my own company uh, called Lightsoft and uh, we do software development. And then literally one month ago, we did a merger with another company and now there's a bigger company uh, called Baltic Software Factory. And there I am head of uh, sales and head of uh, development. And also a shareholder, co-founder. And co-founder, co co yeah. Hmm. And just to clarify for myself, after this merger, Lightsoft will not uh, continue to do services or, or what's your plan? We, the idea would be to phase it out in a couple of years, yeah. So. So, because we have a existing, we have a we have a, a large customers with long-term projects, and we do, we can't really like switch and say that here we are the new company will phase it out. But yes, in in a couple of years there will be just one company, Baltic Software Factory. Okay, it's very interesting story then to listen like a merger with whom and why so let's start with whom are you merging and not so much not only from the business perspective but who yeah. are the people behind and yeah. how do you know that they are the right people with whom to collaborate okay that's a good question i'm actually the merger is between myself and a very good friend of mine from which i know from school and who is his name is oscars he's one of the smartest people i know so from this is one perspective why I wanted to do that and the other one is he helped me a lot in school and in university <laughs> so I wanted to help his company as well to develop and but even with that even with knowing the person for 30 years or so it was a hard decision to go for this merger because when you have your own company and you are like the only boss here and the only one who uh, makes all the decision, who gets all the profits or gets all the pain if something goes wrong, it's difficult to let go. Mm -hmm. So you are you were solo founder in your company, right? Yes, that's right. And now you will be two founder company. Yes, that's right. 
Okay. Uh, and we have an additional woman which is joining us as CEO of the company. CEO? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So basically the idea was I had this my, my own company for I think it's already 12 or maybe 14 years. Yeah. And, and this one reason was for this, I, I wanted to let a bit go and I, it was harder and harder to have all the responsibility. So we decided with my friend, with Oscars, uh, he had the same issues that it was difficult for him to be alone in this world. Yeah. And we decided that we, we want to have, we can't be two guys because uh, when there are two decision makers, it's sometimes very difficult. So we decided to bring out, begin the third one. And she would be like, basically we had the like majority, basically two, two people are enough to decide on which way to go for the yeah. company. And, uh, and the, the third person, how did you choose her? So I understand that. Uh, it was a long process. We, we basically headhunted her. Her name is Olga. She was already with, she actually, we already tried with one different person, but it didn't work out. We found out it like, we started to even working together for several weeks. And, but we just figured out that it won't work. And then we found Olga. She's like a manager for also a large, a large tea company in Latvia and with all the credentials and we knew her. You, you know her from the past, yeah? A bit, yes. Yeah. And my, my partner, Oscars, knew her even better. He worked with her. So it was, I, I hope it is just the beginning. Uh, she's been working for us for two months or so, and mm -hmm. it is, we are still trying to know each other better. It's still in, in progress. I hope everything works out because I know that I'm not an easy person to work with. You know that you're not. Okay. No, because, because for more than 10 years, I have never taken any decisions from anyone, right? It's just me and it's my company. And I, I was very strict even. Yeah. And I, and I, I wouldn't say it's like the Soviet time strict where you just had the decision and we go and like this, but I was authoritative very, yeah. and now I have a boss. Okay. I am a boss of my boss, but again, she's my way. boss. <laughs> In a way, so it's it's interesting. Okay, so you have set up interesting ex interesting experience ahead for you. Yeah. Uh, to see how it will work, and so you, uh, your co-founder now, how will you distribute this responsibility between you two? Yeah, we had this meeting literally two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Where we decided, okay, because when you do the merger, it's all, you can't figure out everything right from the beginning because it's just, it's, then it's too much planning. And when, it, when you have too much planning, you plan for a year and then, then some things happen or, and, and you have your current projects where you have to work. It's just impossible. So we did the merger and only two weeks ago, after the merger is already done, we sat together, three people, and thought, okay, so who from us knows how to run projects? Okay, 
Olga knows how to run projects. I know Oscar's a bit. Okay, so this is a role that everyone can take. And then we talk, okay, who can do sales? And everyone looked at me and I was like, damn it, because this is the hardest part uh, of the running that like being, I think, so basically by, it was democracy and two against one. I was, I was against being the sales, but I'm the sales of the company because basically I, no one could uh, take this responsibility. But why not hire someone? Possible. We're working on it. So it's very possible. So for example, I'm coming up right now with the sales strategy because super difficult. We are a small company. We're like 40 people, 50 people maybe, depending on how you count. And but I have a sister, she, Helga, she works at the company Teto Agri and they have 20,000 people or so. And she went just a couple of days ago to Toronto to a very big banking conference. Yeah. And she said, we, with our 20,000 employees, we are nothing in the global banking sector. And so we feel so small. And then basically I understood that feeling small, it's completely natural and normal, normal state. And we have so many challenges. Basically there are companies in Accenture, Latvia, they have a thousand employees or so. And there are other large companies with good backgrounds and good people and everything just, just fine. And we need to compete with them. And then there's because what we do both from La for Latvia and we do try to do also outsourcing to Europe and United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And there, there's even bigger problem because there's Ukraine, for example. If you write, type in your internet search outsourcing software, there will and Ukraine, for example, it will be like tens of companies with thousands of employees. So basically you are in, a red, in the red ocean and you are responsible to get out of it. Yeah, basically I have, sometimes it's even hard to, it's, I try sometimes not to think about it because basically I have half of a year and if I do not sell next year for, I don't know, four to five million euros projects, it will be a problem. And I hope it not, it, it doesn't happen, but, and it probably won't happen, but I'm working on it. So yes, yeah, so I'm ha having a meeting with, with all the people in, I, I know in, in, in Latvia, I'm trying to find a sales mentor for myself because I never had a single training course on how to sell whatsoever. Okay. I've done it for a couple of years, but sometimes it feels that it is just a luck or being in the right place at the right time. I don't know. So you are, uh, um, you've been running your company more than 10 years. Now you merged, you have a 40, 50 people team. There are many much smaller firms doing software development. And you are saying that you might have sales challenges ahead. But what got you through those 10 years in your business? because you might have given up at any moment or you, but you got clients, you were serving them. So what okay. got you through? If okay. you say you don't know how to sell. 
First of all, it's probably the motivation and two aspects of it, uh, basically. One aspect would be that you do not want to fire people because you have no next project for them, right? Because in software development, it's project-based. It's like also consulting companies have the same issue. Basically, one project starts, you put five people in this project, the project ends after half a year, maybe two years, and those five people are now free and they need to uh, be put in the next project. If you do not have this next project, the cost, you know how much uh, software developers uh, earn these days, the cost is enormous. So basically you have to fire them. And for all those uh, more than 10 years, I have never been in situation that I had to fire someone because I did a bad job and didn't sell something. I've always found some project, some opportunity. And this is a huge motivation for me to not let people down. Mm -hmm. And the other aspect is that you just can't give up. So basically, the, again, the world is so big and I think that we do a good job. I hope so. I think that we are better. I, I should think that we are better than other companies, right? Otherwise, why would we do that at all? And so if I have good people and no one wants us, so it's clearly my problem or my mistake. So with that attitude, I basically, I, I go through the doors of new customers and, and try to find up new opportunities <coughs> and new cases, new projects. Mm -hmm. I, I think in the software development industry, we could look at slight, slightly similar as, for example, restaurants or books or musicians. There are so many restaurants, there yeah. are so many books. Let's take, I don't know, books on sales or books on self-development. There are so many already. Why write another one? Why open another restaurant? But uh, people do it and some fail, some succeed. And then those who succeed, it's either a niche thing, I don't know, open very niche uh, Thai food, upscale yes. or downscale restaurant, or it's just a good place that vibes with certain type of people. So in that sense also in the business where you are in, some customers are with you because they like you. Not the company, not the services, because maybe all the, many companies can do similar services, but because of you and your attitude and your energy. Yeah, exactly. So I agree that there's, the world is so big that basically you can't really be unique. It's okay, there are some really unique cases, Apple, for example, right? They were unique with their iPhone and, and, and other, their, some of their products, but not all of them. Nowadays, phone is a phone. So we can't be unique, really. Maybe we can, but at least at this point, I haven't found this very, this niche specialization where basically if you Google who can develop, I don't know, anything, basically there will be tens of companies already in front of you. So we do exactly what, what you suggested, that we try to sell ourselves, our attitude towards the work and our effectiveness 
and uh, our our excellence technological excellence it's difficult to it's always sounds a bit like like buzzwords and marketing sometimes it sounds like that because when you go to the customer and you tell me that we are very efficient and effective and technologically advanced it, it it doesn't sell to be honest but what sells is your previous experience when you can show the customer that okay we have done that and we've developed this system for this customer and when you have a good references and when you because basically competitiveness in the market is huge because it's not about latvia or baltics we have we have in our company people working from ukraine for example and i know there are projects happening where people are from india and we have to be very competitive in terms of because we are expensive we are not cheap in latvia and in baltics it was some 10 10 years ago when the hourly rate for the software developer java software developer for example was low but nowadays yeah. it's not yeah. it's hard question how to compete in uh, in here how to compete in germany in in, in, in sweden uh, in norway uh, it's uh, difficult but but yeah but the idea would be that um, we uh, we try to um, sell our attitude mostly and not the technology because technology changes yeah you mentioned that you always got through the this slopes when you need the projects to not let go people so i i would then be from my side reflect back that it illustrates determination and grit and strong character but how has it been like for you personally if you would speak like these 10 years leading the company alone going through these uh, slope struggles how did you experience it has it been easy has it been hard some people burn out from such experiences maybe you can share some of these personal side of things okay i would say that it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Stress, it's for, at least for me. Uh, and I, when, when, when I went to school, I, I, I thought that I am a pretty chilled and laid back guy and I do not stress about anything. And uh, even compared to my, uh, my peers. But, but to be honest, it's been sometimes very difficult basically for example there was a time maybe five years ago when for example when company was in debt in, and the debt was about half a million euros mm -hmm. and and if this debt what would be to banks probably the easiest way would be just to go bankrupt but uh, but this debt was to my friends Mm -hmm. And you can't. Uh, Meaning you had borrowed money from yes, friends. Yes, exactly. I had borrowed money from friends and friends companies just to survive. And uh, and basically, I had so many cases when it was basically I didn't know. Okay, thankfully the the time has passed a bit. 
but still there were cases some few years ago when it was on me to find uh, the money for next salaries yeah. and you know for the for employees the salary is the most important thing always because uh, yeah it it would and it would um, completely destroy the company if I couldn't find some money. Okay, nowadays I like got out of the debt for some time right now and and we're doing fine and really fine. Financially, company is doing good and personally I'm doing better. But exactly if we go back to the decision about this merger, one of the decisions, one of the reasons we both me and, and my friend Oscars we took into account was that we need to have a financial stability and the bigger the and if you have the project based operations the bigger the company the easier is to ride the waves of the project starting and, and ending. Basically when I had five people it was crazy difficult because basically if you didn't find the project right right away you you had to figure out something and but nowadays you can always like switch guys to some different customers let them learn something and it's much it's easier a bunch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but I, I want to still probe a bit if you can share this to all half a million to your friends for a while. Of course, if you see very clearly ahead, okay, I will get uh, these customer payments and it comes back, then it's fine. But still, how did you experience it? Uh, how was it emotionally, physically? Uh, I've seen, I, I've heard people sharing stories like experiencing this really tough on their emotional, physical, mental being, how has it been for you? First of all, it, it, it was difficult, but, but then again, there was no other way. Meaning that I would never borrow money if I wouldn't be 100% sure that I will be able to get it back. Yeah. And, but of course, I didn't know how much work it would take me to get this back. And also, and stress was enormous sometimes. Yeah, I was on antidepressant pills for some time and I had sleepless nights and it was, so yeah, it was a, it's, it was a difficult time. But then again, when now I am out of it, it feels like it was a good experience. It was, it was, even I would say it was fun, in in a way how you have fun when you run a marathon, for example. You at kilometer ten, you are already exhausted till till the till the end, but you know that you you are nothing. You are just just in the beginning, and you continue running, and it's hard and it's difficult, and you're sweating and 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 you're tired, and. But, but you continue. But the court, but, uh, we chatted uh, before you shared that actually you you were also knocked out from the marathon for a while. Can, yeah. Can you can you share about this experience? Yeah, it was actually it's a good thing. It's a strange thing what happened to me. I'm now 42, but at the age of 40, I I got a heart attack. And the strange thing is that doctors still to this day really don't know why. 
because I am mostly healthy. Why? I, what about stress? Exactly. Months of stress. Exactly. So I. So that's exactly my understanding. Actually, no. There's almost no doctor who says directly that. Okay, there's a general idea that stress is bad for you, but then again, that stress can do that. There's no scientific studies because it's probably it's it's impossible to do such such a study or so. But but yes, but I I've done for I, I, this this heart attack I had uh, approximately one one and a half years ago, and after that I went to a million doctors. But, uh, how yeah. how what, how did you experience? What happened? Were you in hospital for a while, or, or you blacked out? It was no, it was uh, just a pain in the chest, and and uh, it was a uh, funny story uh, because I I just felt that something is wrong, and I actually I thought that I've never suspected uh, my heart because I d do s all sorts of sports and I'm not overweight, and which would be all these all the reasons why would you have a heart attack, right? And I have no such problems in my family, etc. But the, the end was very simple. I felt bad and it, I felt, uh, and basically my, my, and I, it, and my wife, I asked my wife in the middle of the night, can you, can you, can she drive me to the hospital? And your intuition was saying that. Yes. And I went to the hospital and the nurse, she was like, go home there's nothing wrong with you and maybe get a visit to cardiologist maybe it's something with your heart and i was like okay but can you please wait for three to five minutes and just look at me and, <laughs> and she said okay i have a line uh, of, of patients waiting but okay I, i'll wait with you for a, for a minute and we waited and the, and basically that's i was already in the hospital and this heart attack basically hit me the strongest point in front of the nurse and she already okay and i was like blacking out already my uh, heart and chest pain was terrible and i was already sweating and basically i was dying in front of her and luckily the hospital which i was it was the best hospital in latvia for heart surgeries and basically she just okay this guy is having a heart attack it's completely clear and basically in i think it was not more than 10 minutes and i was already on the table for operation with the, with so the you had a surgery yes i had a surgery what did they do nothing much they basically put they found the place where there was a the blood valve it's, yeah. uh, it, it was completely closed off uh -huh. And this is one of the main ones and they just put a so-called stent in it yeah. and that's fine and after half uh, half an hour i was still alive but i sense it's like because of stress like it, you're like oh and then maybe this is what happened but... yeah and that's the interesting yeah i now i think so too i think i think that and then the question is the question is what to do now uh -huh. Because, uh, okay, okay, uh, maybe I do not have all the debt anymore, but still, after this heart attack, I have uh, still a project to run and I'm the only one at, at, as a CEO of my company. You cannot take three months vacation now, right? 
No, I kind of take my vacation and to be honest, nothing has changed. And what I did again, I walked to the, so many doctors and they didn't, find, so they didn't find anything wrong with me. My natural conclusion, first of all, was that probably it was because of the stress. And, the, and basically, and then I decided that, okay, I had a near-death experience, very clearly. If, because basically, just a few days before the event in the hospital, I was in near Daugopils, in the woods, walking around with my friends. And basically, if that happened there, I would definitely would die. So it was a pure luck. Maybe it was luck or maybe it was fate, but anyway. So the question is what to do now? Yeah. And, and, and basically I figured out that there are two kinds of people. There are people who have this near-death experience and nothing changes. And then there are people who radically change their life, right? And I decided that it would be fun to be the one who is trying to radically change my life. So... So you went into changing your life? Yes. Okay, what, what did you change? Hard to say. First of all, it, the, there's, there are two things. Basically, there is this objective reality and then the, there's the soul-searching and inner self-searching and uh, this part. At least I can tell definitely that, for example, this company merger, which I wouldn't do it if without this, my, my experience. Basically, I did a conscious decision to maybe not be anymore the, the only one, the only boss, and I just let go and I said, okay, it's just a company. And why wouldn't I be, want to share this with my best friend? So, so it's to let go some control. And yes. Instead, uh, and face uh, face some fears of losing control. Also, I'm having those fears still every day. It's now you are facing them. Those fears of losing yes, control. Yes, it's when basically when we signed the papers, I was like, and when we. Switching the employees, uh, I, moving from one company to another, and then I'm, right now I'm transferring uh, my projects to to Olga, our new CEO. Yeah. And it's hard every day. Like literally yesterday, I decided I had a talk with my mentor, and he said, "Why haven't you? Why are you doing your your job, which is sales and development?" because I have project project. Why haven't you let it go? And I truthfully said, because these are my projects. <laughs> I found them and these are my customers. I want to talk with them and these are my people. And of course I understand it. But one thing is to understand what you have to do with, with your brain. And the other thing is to feel and change your feeling about it. So anyway, getting back to the changing of my life, this was a real, really practical thing I did, like money-involved thing I did. I basically 
sold my company, I would say. Maybe not sell, but yeah, we merged. So let go of my respons full responsibilities and, and, and got some new challenges. And also, and then, and then there's other part and it's difficult because I thought, I have thought about it a lot, about how people can change and can they change and meaning that normally we can't normally the change it's so difficult it's to be naive to think that you can wake up and be a different person at least i haven't found any case maybe there are some cases i haven't seen a person who has just decided to be a much better person okay you can change to, and you can become worse person probably you can start doing drugs or so but if you want to become really good it probably doesn't work it maybe works for one day or maybe it works for a week but but basically it's a difficult thing so right now my challenge is to is that i've decided that i need this change and not only outside change but also this inner change and for example one reason i am here today is that I decided that I won't fear interviews anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But this is example of a gradual. I, I want to object a bit to what you said that people can't change. People can change with gradual steps up and also with gradual steps down. It's the cumulative effect. Of course, in the beginning, it's you can't even see it. Every day for three years, you do something. Yeah. Internally, I mean, for example, I've been working with acceptance, just accept stuff. For two years, I can't accept that, <laughs> getting irritated all the time. And yeah. then suddenly on the third year, I feel, oh, I can start to accept stuff. And then when I accept stuff, I start to see different ways how to approach the stuff that I wasn't accepting before. Yes. And, and, and another thing is those life kicks, you got a kick from life, this near-death experience. This is another thing where... Yes, you don't change because of that, but this gives you enough of a kick to decide. Will I want to stay the same or will I change? Just the other day I was uh, joking with my colleague, sharing a story. And so I asked her, so how she was driving from Riga to quite far town late at night. And I joked, good that we don't have our 8 o'clock meeting tomorrow. We, but we never have those. We start at 10 <laughs> earliest. Okay. And then I told her a story that 11 years, no, 12 years ago, for me a normal practice was to start management meeting on Mondays at 6.30 a.m. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, oh, thanks God, I didn't know you back then. <laughs> so that's an example of uh, change in the mindset because like now I look back, I think like how stupid it was to torture management team like this. Yeah. My big change I am doing right now, again, from the practical perspective, I really, I do meditation yeah. a lot, like hour a day. And, but one thing, basically what, what already has changed is that basically for, I, I'm not exaggerating, like for 10 years, I've always previously, I woke up and I felt the heaviness of new day, let's say. I felt that, okay, I now have to do that and have to do that and decide on this and do that. Now, already, it's 
Yes, it's gradual, but I would say maybe it's a very exciting time for me right now because it's happening right now. It's a couple of months. I know I can, I wake up and I feel optimistic about the day. It, I wake up and I do not feel tired right away. I feel, and sometimes even if I feel tired, I do a 15 minute meditation and I bring love to, to my heart and the day changes right away. So this is also a good example. It, it, it matters a lot to me. It's, a, it's, still, it's still research from my side in progress, to, is research in progress to understand does this new attitude also helps you in physical world? Does it, for a very simple question, when you basically, you can, I can go to customer and sometimes I can go to customer and with more compassion and more love in my heart and I don't know, does it shows, does he feels that, does anything changes? I don't know, I'm finding it out, we'll see. But at least I know that for me, at least it changes a lot. It changes my everyday, because I could easily say that I was unhappy for 10 years and I am trying to change myself that I should be happy in every day and it's I'm changing it I'm trying to be happy but it, it's a combination of things you are doing you are changing the inner approach how you are approaching yourself and your life but you're also changing things in the material world this is this combination there's actually a third thing I don't know if you are working on this you could share which is how you relate to your past because any types of regrets or resentments towards past also yeah. are impacting today. Yeah, I'm actually I'm doing the same. Yeah, so it's I've I've been going to a therapist for ten years. Yeah, and yeah, and unfortunately, huge waste of time. <laughs> but so. because I've never with with therapist. At that time, I was not ready ah, to change, okay. but right now I'm, I'm talking with, with people, with my mentors, with, with my colleagues, and I am trying to be open, and this is completely different experience. Again, the same thing with the, this thing, meditation, it's so easy to do meditation without any it's basically you can meditate for I, 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 for, for for a year and it won't help you at all if you do not do it the right way somehow and when you see how to do it correctly what is this how to do it correctly i think it can't be told <laughs> i think i tried to speak about with uh, that with my wife but it's about feeling and it can't really be told, I think. It's, that's the bad thing. Just as you mentioned, the books, there are self-help books, right? Lots of them and you can read them and they are true and you agree with them. But then again, 
using uh, that it's a completely different story and the same here i don't know what i do differently maybe i'm starting to feel the world and it sounds borderline crazy but we'll see so far so if you look again i am very practical guy with my computer science education and 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 uh, and basically if we it's a big experiment this life my life currently for me and i'm just trying something new and waiting for the results and the good thing is that i've done it only for a year or so and the results are already here some of the results <coughs> so i basically because what you do you can't measure it but i just feel more happy in my life and i feel more love towards my family i feel more joy in my work i have less stress which is good because I probably won't have another heart attack in a, hopefully in a couple of years. Hopefully never. Hopefully never. But again, the science is against me. The science would say that, unfortunately, and that is true, I've read it. The science is that if you have one heart attack, it's high probability that you will have another one and another one. But then again, the data is so inconclusive, meaning that the whole experiments or data gathering they have done its sample group is so small it's that i will try to show them and all, there, there are always exceptions so i will try to show them that it will not be the case for me this repetition in heart attacks might be because the first one came because of a certain lifestyle and then if no change happened in the lifestyle, then the attitude. Exactly. Or even not the lifestyle, but the attitude to life, towards life. Uh, yeah. What's, yeah. I wanted to ask you, <clears throat> you shared these experiences where the pivotal moment for you was the heart attack. Now for someone who is listening and they are in a situation where they also feel waking up in the morning with a burden, stress always, not much light in work, so that they don't wait for their heart attack. What would be your advice or perspective, some thoughts that you might share? Hey, if you are experiencing this, don't wait for the heart attack or, or for something else, but instead, mm -hmm. what? Okay, I very hard to answer your question. I think, first of all, I think I would like to say to those people that you don't really don't have to have a heart attack to make a change a heart attack maybe for me was just this first impulse and when you basically you start to think about your life and what could be wrong with your life and you start to think about that life will end for all of us at one point and you start to think how do you want to live further and there really there there's okay for me heart attack was an important important starting point for my change but it doesn't have to be it was nothing i could honestly i could figure out i could be a logical person I, and i could figure out just look at your life and if you see that you are not happy with your life that's a good enough reason to change
and okay i had this medical condition that's even more reason to change but it doesn't have to be so just look at your life and see are you happy with it and at least i am in my 40s now in midlife so it's natural to look at your life and i if i see that for a whole huge period like 10 or maybe 20 years i have had everything i have my company i have my house i have my car i have my motorcycle i have my family i have three children but i'm not happy so it's something that needs to be dealt with and needs and so the question what how to practically it, it unfortunately comes down to individual i think person decide what is what you have to decide what is wrong in your life if you are unhappy if you are happy then live further as you were but if, if you are unhappy and and i think many people are unha unhappy uh, um, they should look uh, look for a change and 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 figure out uh, what is wrong with them unfortunately again i'm a, i'm a, want to look at this point from a scientific point of view i have my own experience i know what happened to me so i can tell that yes if you have exactly that that you have this bad feeling and basically for me the answer was to for my case the answer was to start to feel because again a, a bit the interesting story it was 20 years ago or more when i practically in my i was in my university uh, already working as a software developer and basically i found out that the world is very harsh place basically it requires from uh, humans to act uh, as robots i would say because what is a ideal successful person who wakes up early who goes to work who, who does his job he comes back goes to sleep next next day he again wakes up goes to work done does his job the best he can etc it's similar as to it's basically uh, every manager or owner wants more of those robot type people mm -hmm. sometimes at least in software development definitely yes more robots better but and then there could be an active choice for you because yeah exactly no one wants uniqueness at one point yes at one point yes but at, at least in the beginning you do not want uniqueness from your from the guy who puts a, puts i don't know roofing on your house yeah. you don't want uniqueness you want a steady good hard-working guy and then what you have to do you have to switch off your emotions you have to switch off your humanity inside yourself and unfortunately in if you want to succeed you have to become this business robot sort of say but and but it yes but at one point you have to switch it back because you want to live even if that means big changes in the even if that life. means big changes and and for me it would it's 
Exactly, it's a work in progress for me. Maybe everything will go wrong with me because I'm switching back my emotions and switching back my human being in my work attitude as well. I don't know how it will work. So far it has been working for me, so far it is good. But come back to me in a couple of years and I will tell you. Because again, if we look at it from a scientific point of view, I'm just the one case and maybe and I'm experimenting on myself. But what else can you do, right? Because basically the, the, the science for how to behave and what is the correct uh, life choices it's just not there. We, 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 the physics is... Be, okay, we are pretty good at uh, studying and understanding physics where it comes to like even, I don't know, astro, uh, astronomy and astrophysics and how the bodies interact with each other. But when we are talking about human brain and human society, which is the, by far the most complex thing in the universe that we have. It's, human brain is millions times more complex than any uh, star. For example, star, it's just a simple gas, the cloud of gas, which is burning. And we are studying stars and with some difficulties, right? So it's completely natural that we know nothing about human brain and nothing about human society, which is even more complex because you have to have multiple brains interacting with each other. But sorry to interrupt you here. Yes. Before we go in this, I want to still conclude the previous thread which you shared about this switching emotions and feelings off and then switching them back. I yes. wanted to reflect back that I, I feel that this is very good and important thing that you've done and I really wish that people are attracted to you who want also the same thing both from the team side and from the client side so for those who are listening who consider in the near or further future that yes we need a software solution I understand yeah. that we are talking about web-based software solutions. Usually. And if you want to work with a team that is also alive, not just a team of robots, then this is a place to go. That's what I wanted to yes. add from my side here. Yes. When I switched those emotions back and this humanity back, it feels like for me that uh, people are hearing me better and feeling me better. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I've never asked a person like, okay, customer, now what do you think uh, of my, have I changed? Have you seen that change? Of course not. That would be just weird. We are still, we, when we are in the meeting, we are still professionals. And, but it's, it, so we'll see. I hope that they see that and the positive change in me and if they don't it's fine it's not really you can't really satisfy everyone and get every customer and so in the end for me the this single most important thing is that basically when you wake up do you feel energized and happy 
to start your day or not. Even if you have some huge problems, if you feel happy, then for me it's the greatest achievement ever. Because I've, as I said, I literally for tens of years I've never felt happiness in the mornings. And um, even though I was successful, successful. Um, so it's something within, not the outside. It, it, um, so this uh, also means that the definition of success you are referring to in, in the, let's call it, previous phase of life and now. The previous one probably was uh, not your own definition of success, but like what the, the general expectation is. But now perhaps you have your individual formula for what is success for you. Yes, it's, yes, it's, it's basically, I would say that you have to have a balance, meaning that you can't, I think you can't have a, a happy life and a good feeling about yourself if you have done nothing in the physical world. I, it's again the question, if we talk about the country India, then it's a spiritual, Mecca for for spirituality, but then you go there, and and this is from stories because I haven't been to India. But basically, the poverty and it's hitting you really hard. So basically, you have to have both, and there isn't. I think, at least for me, it's not really clear how to have both. Because you want to be a robot, you have to be a robot, and but you can't be happy being a robot. Probably you can't be. Maybe someone can. So I can speak just from my personal experience. So it is a journey for everyone, and very with not clear, not a lot of clear answers here. But I would anyway encourage. I think everyone, everyone tries. To find, I think everyone tries to find happiness. What is happiness for him or her? So I would encourage to do the change, try out new things, and look what works for you. And if my story helps you at any point or resonates somehow, then that's good. That means that we are a bit alike, but maybe you are a completely different person. And maybe something else works for you. I don't know. That's a wonderful story. Also, I want to conclude uh, with one talk that uh, what you, when you speak about change, uh, I see that the change goes actually in four dimensions. One, the simplest to understand is the external. Change the company, set up the role, place where you live, something. Uh, but then the second is the cha change towards the past, I mentioned already. If you scan and you feel I have resentment, guilt, shame about something, so to work through those feelings and let them go because those attachments still drain of energy. Then the third is relationship to today, inner relationship. I wake up, am I grateful for what I have? Can I accept what I don't like around me? And then the last one, last dimension is relationship to the future, which if in a negative way, then affects people basically in two ways. Either it is fear. Yeah. I fear future a lot, so there comes distress. Or it is illusion. 
meaning uh, some people uh, live in a very rosy illusion about fear and ah, it all will be good and not in a trustful way because one is to be trust I, I trust that things will be okay yes? but mm-hmm. illusionary ways ah, just go with the flow and then with the flow you are in the wall <laughs> so not this type of that's true that's I would completely agree that we are defined by our past so to understand yourself you have to deal with your past and of course this as of uh, all the self-help books uh, are telling us just uh, let go of your past and forgive and it actually it works it It, it works (laughs) so about the future it's a difficult it's a i am by definition i am a project manager so project managers job is to look for risks it is mm-hmm. now basically i have had so many courses and i've read so many books so basically that its job is to look for risks and it's hard and it's difficult to not be become afraid basically because i, I when i drive my motorcycle i look for risks all the time i see this car can go like this and the person is going over the road and etc and I see death coming to me all the time. And at the same time, I need to not fear it. I have no answer to this. How to do that? The fear of the future is, and all the possible bad things I can imagine, I'm still working on it. As, as I told you before, yeah, so in the beginning of the interview, I have to sell that and that that amount of millions of euros or we'll get bankrupt and and that's a real fear in me and I have to deal with it somehow I don't know I don't know how to do that yet but I'm trying to figure it out for myself maybe I'm not there yet in my journey Uh, yeah the focus of uh, these interviews is more to look at the past and wh- how we have gotten to here. Yeah. And now you touch the topic of future. Maybe there one keyword is trust, because other is to be realistic. But uh, I feel you are re- you are very realistic and realistically approaching things. I also uh, trust that once you now shared some of the th- uh, things concerning future that you need, that the right support will come to you. In how you look at things. Either you are a person who believes in fate and in... But I'm not sure about that. At least for the most of my life, I've been uh, the guy who believes in uh, randomness of life. So uh, that means that even if you do all the right things... uh, Random stuff will happen? Random... You could fail that's the, the the main idea you could fail and your company can fail and your family can fail and everything can fail there's a chance even if you do all the right things it is uh, this is one of the philosophies uh, of, of of how to look at the life so and how to not be afraid of this failure and of this randomness um, uh, i don't know uh, again uh, Probably one way 
would be uh, to understand that it is not really helpful. If you are doing all the right things and if you fail, so you failed, so what? So you anyway have done all the right things, so what could you do more? Nothing, right? So there's no really reason for... So, yeah, exactly. So basically some random bad thing can happen to you at, uh, at any moment in your life. And uh, it's, it would be irrational to be afraid of it because it doesn't help you in any way. Mm -hmm. It is understandable that there is a fear that the brick will fall from the roof and will hit you, but it doesn't help you in any way. If you think that, if you, no. because you can't really be afraid of every brick exactly. in the world. Yes, yes. So in a way, it's, if you cannot affect it, why be afraid? If you can affect it, why be afraid? <laughs> exactly, affect exactly, it. exactly. Yes. So I would say that probably even if you are afraid, the, my, my solution is always to do something. Actually, it's actually maybe sometimes even my problem. I have, whenever I am in doubt, I do stuff instead of not doing it, uh, not doing some, something. Basically, which is strange approach. Usually it's with the people, it's a different way. If, when they are in doubt, they stall and they uh, can't make a decision, so they don't decide not to make a decision. For me, it, usually it's the other way around. If I see a difficult decision, I stall for the last, sometimes for the last moment, but I usually decide on taking an action. Not just leaving things as they were, I take an action. And sometimes, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But I guess for the majority of time it works. Mm -hmm. Making an action is uh, better than just not doing anything. And in also, so if you have a risk, the project will fail, Go talk with customer, not go talk with customer. Better go talk with customer. But it is, it's absolutely, I agree. I think so, again. Of course, sometimes like hectic action, reaction is not the way to go, but if there's a risk and just talk, yes, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I want to conclude uh, our conversation sure. with one key takeaway that I take from our conversation, and I think it's the general true line here, is that you cannot actually live like this as using your words as a robot because then life leads you in the place where the heart even switches off. So yeah. the way to go is to switch back your feelings and emotions and live as a human with all the irrationality of human. Yeah, which is not definitely not the most effective way to be. Being human is not effective, it's, uh, but it's still the better choice for our lives because we have one life at least something so <laughs> that's already another chapter <laughs> yes exactly. another interview exactly so okay all right thank you for today thank yes. you